once thought sucked, but now you realize that they rock. They still suck. Fear and loathing podcast. Wow. Welcome, everybody, to Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast. This is a very special episode. This is episode 54. We've been doing so many episodes. And uh, Fear and Loathing in Cinema is just great to be here. It's December 19th. It's a few days before Christmas. And we're going to forego our normal our normal schedule of things to talk about and do on the show today because we have a white elephant gift exchange right now. We have gifted each other movies that we have not seen, that we don't know who gifted us. We're going to try to guess who it is, but uh, very excited about this, this white elephant uh, gift. Y'all excited? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. very curious to know what you all picked yeah, me too. Um, I'm Brian Kluger, uh, host of this here show, and I've got three other hosts here with me. I've got uh, I've got an an elephant all in in Austin, Texas, right now. His name's Dan Moran. He's a white <laughs> elephant of law. How are you? I'm doing great. I am very excited to find out who assigned me this lovely movie that I enjoyed. Oh, oh, good, good, good. And then I've got a a another white elephant in Denton, Texas. Um, mm. He he never forgets a thing in movies. Uh, his name is Preston Barta. How are you? I'm good. I'm just gunning to win it this season. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Um, and then, of course, we've got the ivory woman herself collecting all that ivory in the tusk chelsea in miami how are you i'm good i would never do that that's so sad um but yeah i'm really excited and to talk to the person who gave me this movie because i loved it awesome 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 sauce yes white elephants let's let's talk about white elephants do you do y'all like white elephant gifts exchange have y'all done any it I've done a lot. You have to have the right crew, and then they are very fun. If you try to do them at work, or you yeah. try to do them with people who don't know you, it sometimes goes sideways pretty quick. But if you're with a crew of people who you all know and have the same sense of humor, or at least have the same end goal, they are so much fun. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what about y'all? What about Preston and Chelsea? Chelsea, what, what do you like? White elephants. I do. Um, I used to really love white elephants and then I got something stolen from me. Mm. Um, this Ooh. is what this is it an is, iPod. No, no, no. It was literally <laughs> just I was very drunk and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But it was a dancing like chihuahua with like maracas, uh, a Christmas chihuahua. And it was just like the hot commodity. And I still think about it every Christmas. Mm. That I need it. Awesome. Preston, have you ever done a white elephant? Are you against them? No, not definitely not against them. Um, we used to do it. Uh, my wife's uh, grandmother before she passed away. It was part of the tradition on Christmas Eve that we all we either bought ourselves a $20 gift 
and we would wrap it and then open it in front of everybody or we would do a white elephant and just put everything in the middle and everybody tried to get the damn lotto tickets every time because <laughs> uh, you never fun. know yeah. uh i like that you bought i like the idea of like buying yourself one and opening it up in front of everybody i haven't heard that before yeah, it, it was great. I always bought myself a movie or a record. Or is that something, something you could steal, or did you get yeah. to keep it? No, no, you just bought it for yourself. Uh, okay. okay, all right. It's more interesting if you could. Like, it would, yeah, that would, yeah. Uh, spice it. I don't think anybody would buy the things that I would get. Like if I bought myself <laughs> raw on Blu-ray or something like that, it'd be like now I know. I, well, the, the nerd bought raw. We're not. No, I would. That. I would definitely try to get that. Well, yeah, that's why it would be if fun. We, if we did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I love I I love white elephant gift exchange because it's just fun and I I completely agree with Dan. It's you have to have the right crew and crowd, otherwise yeah. it just goes over like a dry wet. I know there's been some wet. work ones that I've participated in where like people are giving each other like sham wows or like <laughs> funny things like that, and then there's the one or two people who like brought something in kind of nice, and it's like awkward, you know? You're just yeah. kind of like, uh, and they and they end up with you know, a plant, like a planter for your um, passenger car window, like with suction cups. And they're just all upset. And they're like, I brought in, you know, gift cards to this and something else. It's like, well, that's on you. Yeah. See, I like random crap like that. I, yeah. I would go for it. Like I have an ongoing joke with one of my best friends of buying an aluminum wallet at a gas station, that just like a hard case one that doesn't get damaged in your pants. It's so one day. so funny. One day. That's very so practical. Good. So Green, do you, Green Bay Preston. Yeah. <laughs> do y'all remember what the best white elephant gift you received and then gave? I received a um you know those little sponges that are like this big? And then when you put them in water they expand to be like a full like face cloth or something or like a bigger <laughs> yeah it's like you got when you were a kid there was one that was this big and it just had a question mark on it and it was like mystery um mystery like hand towel or whatever and i was like okay this is stupid and i and i put it in the water obviously and um it expanded up to be like a unicorn like fighting with wolves like over oh. the moon like one of those like walmart shirts you know like that are just so <laughs> yeah. nature like howling um, at the moon and stuff yeah. like that yeah and, and there was like a unicorn up over the moon while these wolves were howling and i was like okay this is pretty sick and i think i had it for a couple of years <laughs> amazing the most one i ever got was i got i got someone a um a minions tamagotchi <laughs> nice. a tamagotchi that's probably yeah. worth like 300 dollars right now no they they no, make them around. now we just oh, got really for, we, we just got them for we, our we got a row one they're like 15. okay yeah i thought the tamagotchis were like really super rare the, or the, or the original, original. one you can find original. From 98 okay. yeah all right that's that's cool a minion one it made sounds like it was not <laughs> <laughs> and you just fed it bananas <laughs> chelsea what about you what's the best uh, and one you've given and received so the best was um at when i was at work a few years ago i just bought a bunch of pickle ornaments and put them in a bag probably like 50 of them um and no one knew what was in the bag so 
I, I'm sorry. This is to an old coworker, but I'm very sorry, Mariana, um, that you had to go home with that. So what's, um, what is, what, what's, what's a pickle ornament? Like a pickle, like an actual pickle that you would like an actual pickle. Okay. So I've heard of this thing. Not like a ornament that's been pickleized. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. I've heard of, I've heard of like pickles being a thing on Christmas trees. Is there a significance to that? No, I just think it's, it's funny and dumb, but they were literally like a quarter each. So it was like, let me buy as many as I can. So so this 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 woman had a uh, a tree full of pickle ornaments. <laughs> That's pretty good. Did she yeah. like it? I don't know. I hope so. No, there's no chance. Did, did you, the what was the best one? What was the best one you ever right seen? now? Yeah, call her I, up. <laughs> um, no, no, don't do that. Um, the best one I received was just some um, was just some uh, alcohol. But it was like hidden in a doll thing, like <clears throat> Mad Dog, like Mad Dog twenty twenty from a gas station, or like something legitimate. No, 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 like like a good like um oh, cool. like a good gin, yeah. Nice, it's a good gin. All right, cool pickles, everyone. Um, Preston, what about you? Uh, best one that I've ever received that I can think of off the top of my head is a cutting, a really nice cutting board because I cook every day and every night and I practically use it every day. And it's an amazing one. I still, even when I go to stores, I don't see ones that are as thick as that one. It's a, as Brian would like to say, that's a thick boy. Thick boy. That's a thick boy. <laughs> um, so I love that one. And best one I've ever given out, I... Uh, I guess uh, when I was going through my old Greg phase, I gave some Baileys. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Love that you have a phase. <laughs> you could get into oh, that yeah. again. That was in high could. school, I think. You could I run it back. old that is. Uh, old Greg thing. I like that. Run back. You went there. Run back the old Greg phase. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, the best one I got, I received, was a um so i still have it but it's in storage though it um is an actual full-size painting um and it's custom framed but it's of like five very strange creepy clowns that's meant to be like meant to be not scary but they come across as really scary um I, I I'll have to I'm gonna I'll have to take a picture of it. I have to go back to storage and take a picture of this because it's insane. Um, nobody in their right mind would have <laughs> it in their house. Uh, but it's like a famous artist and stuff like that. Uh, it's crazy, and I love it though. That makes the, me think of Chelsea. Will remember this from Royal Tenenbaums when they're talking in with Owen Wilson, and behind him are all the guys on four wheelers with like the clown masks or whatever. Yes. People. Yes. It's very similar. It's very similar. I've always wanted that painting. Give it to to Dan. Did you you say you're high on mescaline? I did indeed. (laughs) So the, the two best ones I gave... There's two because one I did in a group of people I didn't really know. 
and one that I did with a group of people I know very well. So the group I knew very well, I gave the white elephant that somebody had to get was an 18 inch double-sided black dildo. And that was amazing. Um, went over very well. The one where I did not know anybody. Um, Why did you wait? You just glossed past that. I feel like if you know me, you would know that's what I would pick, right? Like Preston's not shocked. No, I'm not shocked, but I just, I thought there would be more commentary on it, but keep going. No, I think it was just really funny. I think, cause it looked like it was going to like in like a big shoe box. And so somebody thought they were getting shoes. <laughs> Actually, I think I like put it in like a long shoe box or something like it was great though. When they pulled it out, like some people didn't know what it was. Some people knew immediately, but it's excellent. Um, the one that I didn't know, I only know two people at this and there was like 20 people there. And I don't know where I, I can't remember where I found these, but um, I saw these at a store. Maybe it was at the erotic store, but there were action figures like McFarlane action figures, but for porn stars that you could remove their clothes. And so I think I got like a Jenna Jameson one and another porn star. And I, that was that. And then some people had no idea who these people were. Uh, so I had to explain it to them and it was amazing. Who wouldn't want those gifts, right? No, just silence there. Nobody's speaking up. <laughs> just me, Hard right? To just me. That one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Porn. Billion dollar industry. Just me, right? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I love white... Brian. I, I will forever cherish just memories of how casual you make porn like just talking to people like that person that we talked to in the art gallery even though yeah there was nude paintings or pictures on the wall just how you're like yeah i got a whole big box huge collection at my house <laughs> i'm just like this isn't my friend i don't know him i'm just kidding they bought it though right they they enjoyed they're artists People look at porn. Yeah. Dan looks at porn all the time. Facts. <laughs> I'm, right now, that's what I'm doing. That's what he's doing. <laughs> I'm not even listening. He's what did you say? Even... Oh, what, that are you, was so... what are you typing into it, though? <laughs> I have very specific tastes. Yeah, okay. He's, yeah. like, he's like Ted. He's trying to break yeah. the no, search Mark, Mark engine <laughs> to see what we come up with. Uh, so good. Uh, white elephants are super fun. So we we gifted each other white elephant movies. Um, who wants to go first? Oh, Dan's I, well, ready. well, Dan's ready. Dan's, Dan's oh, ready. doing his hands together. He's ready. So Dan Moran in Austin, Texas. Talk right. to us about the movie you got. Did you see it before? Did you watch it for the first time? And what you thought about it? Okay. I was shocked when I got this one. I thought that um, Preston's lovely wife, who sent out these emails, may have been wrong when she sent it to me. Um, because it's so recent. But I had the 2022 film Babylon. Um, that was sent to me. It is like 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm, of course, I had seen it before. Uh, who gave me Babylon? Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We got to wait until the very, very, very end. After okay. we yeah, all I got to wait till the very, very okay. end. I had seen Babylon before. 
because it came out a year ago. <laughs> um, so I had seen it and there was lots of pre-Oscar buzz about it before it came out. And then everyone, I feel like, decided it was an unmitigated mess, top to bottom with some pieces that were good. I remember seeing it in the theater um, opening weekend in 2022 and walking out of it just pretty much saying, good for Damien Chazelle for you know, his last movies getting all that money to literally just flex on everybody. And he just did whatever he wanted in a movie for two hours. Like it's a fun movie. I don't think it's perfect. And I know that there's a very important sect online called the Babylon hive that think it's just like the greatest movie that's ever been made, which makes me laugh. Um, I liked it a lot more watching it at home and kind of knowing what to expect. It allowed me to kind of appreciate. I think when I first went into it, I was expecting like a whiplash or a La La Land or something a little bit more coherent as far as a story. And this movie is all over the place, but the pieces of it are so good. And some of the set pieces are just unbelievable. I think it is I actually think Brad Pitt in this movie is more fun than he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I understand is probably blasphemous, but he is so good in this movie. And obviously, um, Toby Maguire is really good in it. Toby Maguire <laughs> is awesome and so creepy. And, Mar and it's one of those things where it's like, why do we pretend that Margot Robbie should do anything other than just be the magnetic force in the center of every movie ever made like she's just <laughs> and i don't even mean because she's gorgeous it's like she has a lot of moments in this movie where she's like crying and kind of looks as they say in barbie like margot robbie's not the actress you want when you're trying to make this point <laughs> but um <laughs> where she's trying to be ugly quote unquote where she's just like throwing 100 miles an hour like as an actress and so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I originally. I, I don't think it was in my top 10 of 2022. Um, I think it was just outside of it. And I think that looking back on 2022, I'd have to look back through the movies, but I don't see a reason why it would not be in my top 10 of 2022 after my rewatch. Like if I was doing a retrospective, I would, mm. I would definitely pop it in there. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if y'all have any thoughts about it, but I was shocked that it was Babylon. I think the biggest mistake that it has, if I'm going to criticize it a little bit, is um, him giving, I forget the kid's name, uh, Diego something or other, the main yeah. character. He is not very good. Um, I, I read some reviews where people say he is good. I disagreed. Maybe it's because he's literally going up against Margot Robbie or Brad Pitt in almost every scene. So it's kind of tough to watch him kind of get pushed, pushed around by better actors, but maybe if they had a better lead, it would have been more around, but that opening 20, like before the, the credits come up, it's like 20 something minutes for that party with the elephant shitting on stuff and the jazz band playing and all that. It's an, it's, that's just, that's just movie making baby. That's it's, just, it's, it's a white elephant movie in the first 20 minutes. I'm it's, incredible so i don't know if y'all have any thoughts well damien chazelle you know you, you mentioned la la land he made a movie about hollywood present day that's happy and glitzy and love story and like ascend back to the old school hollywood and then he made 
another movie about Hollywood, about like the seedy underbelly party and like the grittiness of it, I feel like with um with Babylon. The B side. Yeah. So I uh, did you did you get that at all? Did you just like like this is like the the upside down version of it, La La Land? It, just... Um sure. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I love La La Land. I think I think the last ten minutes of La La Land is so devastating um, oh. that uh, I just this movie didn't have any of that. So I guess sure it could be the upside down because it's the complete opposite. Where this movie is just kind of like, honestly, this movie for Hollywood is the aristocrats joke. It's like everything <laughs> that happens is such a disaster or disgusting or frowned upon or drugs or abuse whether it's verbal mental all that sort of stuff and it's just <laughs> the aristocrats and it just the is, aristocrats it's directed by <laughs> jamie and giselle um but yeah I, I i really liked it and i i mean this is the i was thinking to myself i was like man brad pitt hasn't been in a brad pitt was really on a roll here and then i was like wait this movie came out last year <laughs> so it's really it hasn't been that long but i was like Man, he needs to be in more stuff. For some reason, this movie in my brain, it's like four years ago. I mean, he had, he was fun in Bullet Train. Yeah. 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 Sure. Was was Bullet Train and Babylon the same year? Yeah. It might have been. It yeah. would have been last year, right? Yeah. Last... It was last year. Um, But he's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't know what more you want to say unless y'all want to interrogate me about it. I I And I can't. Do I put, get to put my guess right now without like looking at who's well, well, when you put a name out there, it just causes the rest yeah, of it. Okay. I'll wait. Be like, ah, yeah, yeah, well, we'll that wait. But either way, out. thank you to whoever gave it to me. I was not expecting it. I, I probably would have never gone back. It's a pretty long movie. Did your children watch it with you this time? Uh yeah. Only only the drug and sex scenes though. Um <laughs> to get him pissed on. It was great. Yes. I, was just... I, I went. I just don't think I ever would have gone back and watched it unless someone assigned it to me. It would have been one of those where you see it on, you see the runtime. I would have gone, oh, that was kind of a fun movie, but I'm good. I'm going to go watch the episode of Reacher again. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just glad that uh, I'm glad someone made me watch it. And I appreciate that. So do you think that in Babylon, uh, the scene where people piss on each other, um, do you think that they inspired by they were inspired by Troll Two? Yeah. <laughs> well, Damien Chazelle was was focusing on you know the real highlights of Hollywood, so and the darkness, seedy, seedy underbelly of Hollywood. So clearly, Troll Two inspired something. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Babylon for Dan. Okay, he, he's going to keep that in his mind and see who gave him. All right. Um, who wants to go next, Chelsea or Preston? So, uh, uh, I'll go. Um, so I really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I this is a first viewing. I've heard of this movie before, um, and after I watched it, I saw that there are many iterations of it. Um, it is the 1948 letter from an unknown woman. I've never heard of this. Yes. I've never heard of it either. So, Preston, have you heard I've of it? I've never heard of it. <laughs> 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 Fucking Brian. 
<laughs> I don't know who would either. Um, I just so I I look I looked up like the poster and and everything, and it's just you think that it's gonna be just this like epic love story, uh, and it is. N- it's a love story, but it's a very like unrequited kind of obsessive love from a very unreliable narrator. Um, And I loved it. Um, I, I, I thought it, I mean, (laughs) we were talking about sicko mode. There are, there are some, like there's some, uh, scenes where it it is a little bit sicko mode and I do like the unreliable narrator and just kind of like is this actually happening is this did this happen this way um but yeah what what's the what's what's the movie about so the movie is about um a young I mean two young people um, I believe that they grow up in the same like apartment building in Vienna. Um, basically, this girl falls in love with this um, kind of up and coming musician. And just through the course of, I mean, I'm going to say probably a decade, um, she kind of follows him obsessively Um creates this like love story about how they're perfect for each other they finally do meet and they do have like these like happenstance meetings that are actually very sweet um but other things happen and um it just ends very tragically um and i i mean i mean i'll I'll spoil it it's just (laughs) the one thing that this man cannot do is remember anything for shit um like he doesn't remember her name he's like oh i've seen you um but it's like they spend a night together she gets pregnant it's a whole thing is it you said it's inspired or um you feel like there's a lot of so there's been a lot of like different like iteration or like is it like a Star is Born type spinoff type thing? Or is it like, I'm just thinking of where people fall in love with a musician and it meets like a tragic, is it like riffs off those sorts of movies or what kind? I think this is probably something that like inspired those. those yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But it's just, um, I just thought I was going, I, I it just, pulled me for a loop because I thought I was going into something very, very different. Because if you look at the poster, um, it's very, very different. And were you get, did you think you were getting like Notting Hill and it was not that? Not quite Notting Hill, but like I knew it was going to be this like kind of like sweeping love story, but it was kind of like more of like an obsessive mm-hmm. love story with very tragic kind of beginnings and endings. Right. Is is it added to your rotation now? Do you really like it? Would you watch it again? So I would absolutely watch it again. Um, I actually want to, because I was seeing uh, like remakes and other stuff um, that there there have been more kind of like foreign remakes of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of want to watch all of them. Is it a foreign movie? It is. Okay. I believe. 
Okay. You think so? Porn. Did you oh, have to read? Did you have movie? to read while you were watching it? No, 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 no. <laughs> then it's American. No, no, no. Then it's American. No, no, no. It's it's American. Um, no, no, no. It's a it's an American movie, but it takes place um over like Vienna, like oh. yeah, kind of stuff. But yeah, There's... awesome. That's uh, that's cool. So you you liked it? And what's the name of it again? Letter from an unknown woman. Letter from an unknown woman. All right. I'm pretty sure that I'm. I'm pretty sure I know who picked it. All right. I'll well, save it. It was Brian. He's stirring the pot. I am stirring the pot. All right. So that that was Chelsea's gift. Uh, Preston, what was your gift? I want I want Preston to be like Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> How oh my god, would I would love be? it so much. It, it's cut from the superhero cloth, though. Mm. Is it Superman? No, it is not. Oh, well, what'd you get? My White Elephant movie gift was the 2000 release, The Specials. Written, What's that? It's written by James Gunn. Really? Yeah. What is this? See... <laughs> Seemingly, uh, seemingly, I think he wrote it. This is his first movie that he wrote after his run with Troma and just before Scooby Doo and Dawn of the Dead. It's well, directed... that, that gives me all I need to know. Yeah. Yep. Have you seen this? Ha I had not seen this before. No. Okay. And uh, it's directed by, so, yeah, it's just like going through. So when I got this, I looked it up. I was familiar with it because somebody on this podcast brought it up before to me. I won't say who it was just yet. Um, so that that's my that's my guess of who picked it for me. But I um, I don't know if it was on this podcast. Is that might have been another one. Um, <clears throat> so I had not I had not heard of it before. Uh, really, just hadn't done some serious digging into it, and then looking up who's all in it, the talent behind it. So it was pretty surprising to know that, you know, James Gunn wrote this. And then uh, Craig Mazin, uh, the the brain behind the the series uh, Chernobyl and The Last of Us is the director. So it has uh, a hell of a cast. Uh, Rob Lowe, uh, Ditton, Texas is Thomas Hayden Church, uh, Paget Brewster, Jamie Kennedy, Sean Gunn, James Gunn is in it uh was it? mark schwartz and judy greer a lot of others but um so yeah i i, I had I was very surprised that all these people were involved in a movie and i hadn't really hadn't been on my radar at all um so uh the story follows uh the quote sixth and seventh best super superhero team in the world so being where they are in that lineup, it comes with some unique challenges where they're not tasked with taking on the biggest events on the planet, but rather like the lower level type of stuff. So think um, like firefighters rescuing cats from a tree or something <laughs> like that. So things, things like that. So that, 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 that was the, that's the setup of it. Um, 
I'll kind of go through what worked for me and then what didn't work for me. Cause I'll just kind of jump the quote, you know, gun here and say that, uh, this movie's pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I had a pretty <laughs> difficult time going through it. Um, despite the talent involved, um, there are some really good, um, tones here of like what James Gunn has accomplished in his future uh, or from what he does uh, post this um, like, you know, jo the jokes that are in Peacemaker or Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, this is like James Gunn, no offense, James Gunn, but this was like his perverted mind where he's a little bit, bit edgier, didn't have as many restraints, not that he really has restraints now, but he's working within certain parameters and he finds like, you know, unique and funny ways to to push against that and so here you know he's saying all kinds of stuff uh that could either make your eyes roll or be like oh my god he, he said that uh, but but then there's like ones in here like i would pluck so i he's t telling the same type of jokes that he tells in other movies like i said but there are some that are just like distinct or unique for this film that i think are pretty funny so i would laugh one minute and then be like this is pretty torturous uh the rest of it so there, there's like a joke with judy greer who is a character who can uh talk to the dead and uh by the way we don't really get to see much of them like flexing their powers or anything it's much much of it is just it reminded me of this uh it's a film directed by he who must not be named um who did a a, a shakespeare movie in in his house for like two weeks between um a major film so he's doing avengers so I'm, I'm of course talking about joss whedon he did a movie called much ado about nothing and it's in black and white and then you watch it and you're like he literally just shot this in his house and so that's what this movie is like the superhero headquarters is in a suburban home there's no like like they're walking down like the most basic ass stairs that have, you know, family pictures and stuff on the walls. Like there's no there's no flair to it. It was literally like them just making a movie with the lowest budget possible. And it was just like all these actors getting together to, to do this, uh, you know, say the lines that James Gunn said. Um, so much of it is just dependent on the screenplay being funny and things like that. And so. Overall, I think it's it, it's humorous to me on paper, like the the concept of just the mundanity of superheroes, especially if they're so far down the list and they're not doing like these spectacular things and really saving the world. Like they have to do things to be put in the spotlight because they're not being taken seriously. So the main thing of the of the film is trying to get a toy line. Like that will help give them the publicity that they need to be able to reach those top levels. And some of them are um, like you get Jamie Kennedy's character, who's like an ex-con or uh, ex-villain. And he just says whatever the hell's on his mind, doesn't matter how bad or dirty it is. So parts of that are humorous. And I can imagine somebody on this podcast laughing at that the entire time. Um, but uh my my wife didn't watch it with me, so um, I she's probably very thankful for that. But I would I showed her a few parts where I was like, here, I just want you to get a sense of like what I'm being put through with this one. And so, well, I, I like I was saying with like Judy Judy Greer earlier, like she has a line where she says she can speak to the dead, 
Uh, I just got back from a, a bar mitzvah and a, I summoned a demon that ate a kid. And I laughed at that. I thought it was uh, hilarious. But then you would just deal with a bunch of, you know, dry stuff that didn't really milk much out of me. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think it's it's it, it was unique to go back and see where James Gunn, like where his roots are and how much he's grown. But I think it's not a requirement for anybody that's a James Gunn fan to go back and watch that. I don't think you're going to mine too much out of it other than just seeing a couple of jokes here and there that, that are worthy of like, you know, looking up on YouTube to see what those jokes are. But um, I, I, I always enjoy Sean Gunn in James Gunn's projects. He plays a alien um, who he reminds me a little bit of like silent Bob or something like that. Like he does, he really gets, he he's like James Gunn's monkey. Like he'll do anything. And like, he's eating a whole stick of butter in this, like playing stupid. But then at some part uh, they're like sitting down at a bar and then the other people are like, Jimmy Kennedy's characters. Like, uh, do you want uh, something to drink? And then they like give him a suggestion of, I don't know, like a old fashioned or something. He's like, I'll take a bloody Mary. And that's like the one serious line, like normally spoken bit. Every, uh, otherwise the rest of it's just like, eh, like he's just being really dumb. Um, so things like that. Um, I'm sure there's more to really talk about uh, like Rob Lowe and this just, you know, being a, a dick and um But yeah, uh, other, th those are the things that kind of come to mind since uh, it's been a couple of days since I've seen it and I see a lot of stuff. So it just kind of fades away to me, but I, it wasn't super memorable to me. But uh, so may God have mercy on the person who picked this. So was this his, so this was his warm up to Peacemaker and his version of the Suicide Squad, essentially? Yeah, and I have ne I've never seen the super um the other Okay. superhero thing that he did that's Okay, also cool. kind of low-key and, and, and delves into this world so it is interesting to look at his career and the lineup and just be like he really is you know completely committed to telling superhero stories and look at it looking at every facet Yeah, he loves of shit. He loves shitty superheroes, and he started yeah here. <laughs> yeah exactly it, it very much is just you know another group of people who are you know d-bags Okay. Good. Did you? So, would you watch it again? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right. All right. Well, at least now is that have you? So you haven't seen Super. So, I guess you have. Do you have like one more James Gunn to knock off your belt then? Um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I'd have to look up the rest of the stuff that he's done, but I'm pretty sure that's my one, uh, the special or the super is the, the blind spot that I have in, in his lineup, every, everything else that I'm pretty familiar with. Super is very much like kick ass with its violence. Yeah. It seems like it's a combination of what you just watched with its kind of dumb stuff. And then the violence is ratcheted up in super for sure. All right. All right, so we've had we've had Babylon, we've had 40 years letter to a woman, is that what it was called? <laughs> letter from an unknown woman. Letter from a for letter from an unknown woman. Letter from a 48-year-old woman. Uh, yes. 
and then we've had the specials. <laughs> All right, the movie that was gifted to me um, was a 2015 film that I had no idea that came out. I had never seen this, but it's called No Escape. And there's like 10 movies that have the title No Escape with it. But this is the 2015 version. Uh, I don't remember this coming out. Um, it was directed by John Eric Dowdle, who directed the Poughkeepsie tapes, Quarantine, Devil, As Above, So Below, and then directed quite a few episodes of that Waco um, miniseries. Um, the music was by Marco Beltrami, and it starred Owen Wilson, Lake Bell, and Pierce Brosnan. Um, so the movie was made for $5 million, and it made $55 million. And this came out um, in the month of August of 2015, which was um, back when... Uh, Straight Out of Compton was the number one movie, like the same month. Like they came out like within, like that was like the big thing. There wasn't much coming out that month of that year, but uh, I do not remember this movie at all coming out. I can't believe I didn't see it. Um, this movie, I didn't know what to expect going into this movie, but oh my God, is it really uber violent and amazing? Uh, I really liked this movie because it shocked me on how violent it was. Uh, so the movie is basically about Owen Wilson, Lake Bell are a couple. They have two young children in this movie. I'm pulling up my notes for this because I took a, a, a ton of notes. Um, and it's basically this family that goes to this unnamed city in thailand and i guess owen wilson works for like a water company that this u.s water company is going to implement all of the water pipes and water system in thailand so they get to their place which is a nice hotel and uh so he can work and almost immediately these rebels like thailand rebels start uh and it's like there's like a, a big trouble in little china sequence where jack burton is in this truck and he just goes down an alley and all of a sudden like these two opposing forces come together with weapons this happens in no escape with police and the uh the rebels and it's just like this full out on war and so owen wilson is in the middle of it so he has to try to escape and go back to his hotel which he does but then the caveat there is that the rebels overtake the city and are out to kill Americans. Um, what you would think would be a PG-13 movie is definitely a hardcore rated R movie of violence because, oh my God, um, the rebels are going through the hotel and just murdering with hatchets people. You see it. It is bloody. And it's basically Owen Wilson and Lake Bell trying to get to safety with their children. Um, Meanwhile, Pierce Brosnan is in the movie and he plays James Bond in the movie, even though his character name is not James Bond. Uh, he does mention that he works for a secret British uh, government agency and he does James Bond stuff, which is amazing. Um, who has a penchant for strip clubs in the movie. But the, the movie itself, the action is pretty hardcore. Um, I will say that Dowdle, the director... Um, 
I don't know why, maybe it was back in 2015, but a lot of the action moments go very Zack Snydery slow-mo. And oh man, it's like, just pour all the cheese on it. Uh, I think it kind of takes you out of the movie and makes it funnier. But scenes like where Owen Wilson and Lake Bell have to jump from one building onto another lower building to escape death when Owen Wilson throws his kids off the building to try to land on the lower building is unbelievably awesome. <laughs> um, and I must say these two children who one of the oldest daughter is the daughter in the conjuring movies. These kids are so awful and horrible. I wish they were shot and hatcheted up through the whole movie because they were such awful brats at like not wanting to like they 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 were making it more difficult to survive because they were just shitty kids and like yelling and screaming and not wanting to like get away from safety fuck these kids actually i think in my notes i was like you can see in my notes it says dumb fucking kids i do not like them um that's, yeah. that's better than your first the first thing you thought you had in your notes First right. Thing, the first thing sends you to prison, buddy. Right? Yeah, these kids are fucking ridiculous. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but there's like some great scenes of suspense, like when Lake Bell is hearing all this crazy violence going on outside of murder, and she looks through her peephole in the hotel and she's like seeing through like a fish lens, uh fisheye lens of like the whole horror that she's seen and it's just bloody as shit uh it was really good i mean for a movie that cost five million dollars i mean i get it it's in thailand but like there's tanks and helicopter crashes like it is violent man and it is very i loved it and owen wilson like he's been like this character where there's a movie called behind enemy lines where he started with gene hackman it's excellent um it, there's like a little bit of that to it but he's just like a guy who works at a water plant um, and he becomes kind of this uh, kind of hero to save his family. I wish he didn't save his own kids because they sucked. Um, but uh, he, this is a really cool movie. And I'm really pissed that I didn't see it in person back in 2015 because it's so, it's really good. Uh, and I would hope that um dowdle the director i mean he's done so much horror i think the action is very good i think if he took out these slow motion action scenes where you see like <laughs> owen wilson running and it's just that it's slow motion like ace ventura you know doing like the replay it's it's really funny uh but it I really like this movie and i'm pissed that i didn't even see it i don't even know if it has uh a blu-ray release or anything but this movie has a 47 percent on rotten tomatoes um people said people liked it for the most part i think they criticized some of the action sequences but what's funny about this movie is that it was banned in cambodia because of its depiction of this third world country <laughs> so they banned it from people from seeing because it just like I mean, I guess if you're with your family and you're coming from America and you're going to kind of this third world country and you just see like things you don't normally see, I guess there's a lot of stereotypes. So that happens in this film. But uh, hey, if there is a group of rebels that overtakes a city and trying to kill you because you're American. Yeah, uh, I'm out. 
That's some Can scary I make an stuff. observation? Yeah. Sounds very John Wick. It does sound John Wick. It does, Chelsea. Okay, so if it's like John Wick, it's basically, I mean, it would have been awesome that if Owen Wilson had any sense of uh, like prior training, in the movie he doesn't, he's just a dad who works at a water plant. But he has to turn into John Wick. And so he does kill people. And by the end, he has like a multi-fucking kill of a lot of people, which is great. And then Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan literally plays James Bond in this movie. He dies in the movie. But the way he goes out is a fucking baller, man. It is like riding a shark with flames on it into a volcano, man. Like he, it, it is badass. Uh, and he's so good in it. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's amazing. Um, but yeah, like some of the things that they show in this movie just to prove how violent it is. The rebels line a bunch of Americans up in like a single file in the street. Um, and they're all on their knees and then just like a fucking truck comes, runs all over them. Like that's the type of violence that you're seeing here. Uh, it, I was, I was like, yes, only if those kids were there. Um, I was I, I liked it. Uh, I like this. I want to find it on Blu-ray. I want to find the Criterion version of this. I I really do. Uh, this was a good movie, and I feel like it was. I if I saw it in the theater, I was like, that was pretty damn good, pretty damn good. And this was a summer movie, um, crazy. And I I'm gonna tell you what was what it was up against. So the it was in the top ten movies of the month of august 2015 but the other movies that were out were straight out of compton the fantastic four movie <laughs> with um uh what's his name uh god the uh, shit. michael b jordan yes michael b jordan the man from uncle the gift and sinister 2 and ricky and the flash those were like the movies that um no escape was dealing with um here and mm. uh it was, I liked it. I really liked this movie. So yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Dan, who do you think gifted your movie to you? Oh, it was Chelsea. <laughs> is that true? It's true. Why'd you gift Dan Babylon? So I was going by the parameters of, of what the white elephant was and just, uh going through i don't know i just think babylon was get given such an unfair shot um i love when movies are this ambitious stuff like cloud atlas um like the fountain um and i just think margot robbie is firing on like he said on all cylinders for this movie i do think that I do agree that there are some kind of like missteps that it might be a little too long. Um, but it just kind of, I mean, one of the first things you hear them say is I just want to be part of something bigger. And I feel like that's all of us. And that's what we talk about. When we talk about movies every week. Um, I also think that I will agree with Dan about, I think this might be a better performance for Brad Pitt than once upon a time. Um, especially his final scene when he's just kind of saying goodbye to every to everything and everybody mm -hmm. uh 
I think it's really poignant and I, I think it's really heartbreaking to have this, this kind of amazing guy who, who made, who, who made the thing that is pushing him out. Um, he, he, he rose with, you know, the movies and now he's subsequently too old and to something and to anything and to everything. Um, and he kind of comes to terms with that. And I think that's super both depressing, but also very human. And so I, um, so yeah, I love that performance. I also love how Margot Robbie can cry at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. um, just from like one, like one tear from here, one tear from, I just, um, and I love the ending montage and I love how seeing this in a, in a movie with the kind of like Justin Hurwitz um, score, especially that, that, that song um, Voodoo Mama. Yeah. Just hearing that in the background um, and seeing that montage of a, like past, present, future, everything in between with like cinema. It was just so weird and wonderful. And I, I just loved it. So that's why I picked it. And did you, did you, did you like all of that? Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, I think she summed up why she picked it. And that is, I agree with her. It's funny that those are the same opinions that I had. Margot Robbie's incredible. And Brad Pitt might've been better in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in Babylon. So I think that it was unfairly maligned because I think people were expecting, but I think that if this movie had come out in March um, or September or something and wasn't marketed as like Damon Chazelle's next Oscar push from the director of Whiplash in La La Land. In La La Land, people, yeah. People would have come into it and been like, oh, look, he's taking on Hollywood and he's going for all the excess and he's just flexing on all of them. They gave him $100 million or however much it costs and he's going to spend every penny because he's earned it to tell a story he wants. And I think people would have respected it more. Instead, every single trailer commercial was from the director of La La Land, from Academy Award people, and they marketed it. It came out around Christmas time, I believe, or like early December. Yeah, it was real late. I remember so that. People walked into it, critics, audiences, everyone expecting something, and they got hoodwinked with something else, which I think led to a lot of the, the pushback. Yeah. All right. All right, Chelsea, who gifted you your movie? Preston. Yeah, that's pretty apparent. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Preston, why did you gift this movie? Uh, I love this movie. I discovered it a couple of years ago. Uh, all of all of films or all of signature films released it uh, a Blu-ray of it. And at that time, I was really just looking for films that I had not seen before. I wanted to take chances. I wanted to watch older films and. Uh, stuff from the 70s before and this was one that um, I remember just reading up on and it piqued my interest and so I watched it and I just thought wow why why isn't this film a bigger deal or why does it seem like it just kind of faded away for people I have the only pick that is not rotten 
on Rotten Tomatoes. This one's a hundred percent. And um, when you watch it, you can, you can see why, like uh, Chelsea spoke about, like it's 100% inside this, this woman's head. Like we see everything from her perspective, the way that the, and another thing that I really love about the film is the camera work. Like, I don't know how they achieve some of those, because that's what's kind of thrilling to watch movies that are in black and white sometimes. And you're just kind of studying the technique and like, because we've gone, we've come so far and they can do certain things with, you know, computers and, uh, but to imagine somebody just, oh, like they're doing some uh, steady cam type of stuff where they're walking around with the camera and, and, and they're doing some pans. And then when I watched the extras for it a, a number of years ago, um there's there's a great essay on it where they talk about like how the director just was very adamant about doing these certain moves that kind of pissed off a lot of people on set because it was very difficult to try to pull off but if you watch it you you'll see like um like there's like zoom ins on certain people where it's kind of pushing uh, other people's perspectives out of the way and so when you're watching it you're you're like man, this lady is just really obsessed with this person and they shouldn't be. But then as you go along, you're like, oh, well, I get it. And then as you go further along, especially what uh, <clears throat> Chelsea was saying about like how it ends up becoming like a very tragic thing. Um, and I find it really unique because it's, you know, showcasing somebody who is completely ignorant of everybody around him. And just is like, you know, a very bachelor lifestyle. Like he's sleeping with different women. He doesn't care. Like he's, he's in for like pleasing people in moments and just completely dumps them the next day. And it's uh, difficult for this woman to kind of understand that, like, why can't he understand or see me for who I am and see like how great I am. And um, it just, ends tragically and and i love the way i love the the final moments of the film so uh if you haven't seen it i really highly recommend it um even though you you, you kind of know what the outcome is here it's just seeing these little things along the way um that that are very surprising so i think it's like up there for me with films like uh, his girl friday and things like that that even though his girl friday has a very snappy script this one's a little more quiet and like reflective, but there'll be like funny moments in it. Like one point in the film, um, they, she, she's work, she works at this, um, uh, building, uh, type of thing. And then they have like Thursday's rug beating day and they're all just out there like smacking, uh, the rugs to get the dust out of them. And like all these women around and you're just like, man, what a different time. So it, it's <laughs> interesting to just kind of see what, normal lifestyles were like at that time too so that's another point of intrigue i'm gonna watch yeah. it yeah it's very good i will say um i wrote down my favorite kind of lines um and it's kind of like a, a voiceover that she does because it's she's writing this kind of yeah letter um but she says the course of our lives can be changed by such little things so many passing by each intent on his own problems so many faces that one might easily have been lost. I know that I know now that nothing happens by chance. Every moment is measured. Every step is counted. Um, there was also something else that she put in, but this is what made me a little, little emotional when she said, if only you could have recognized what was always yours, 
could have found what was never lost. And I just thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. So thank you for this. Poetry. It's it's pure poetry. Poetry. Mm, Speaking of poetry, Preston, your gift. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, (laughs) That wasn't me. I didn't gift you. Was it? It was. It was Dan. No, that was me. It was Brian. (laughs) Um, Uh, Go ahead. No, what do you have to say for yourself? So, (laughs) I saw the specials. I saw the specials in two thousand or two thousand one, and um, Preston, I think this movie will grow on you. Um, cause I remember when I first saw it, I, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, there's a lot of funny parts to it, but it, it doesn't have like a normal narrative because the narrative that, uh, president didn't mention in the movie is kind of like the office or parks and rec. It's kind of filmed yeah. like a mockumentary. Um, so there's like a lot of like, you know, side interviews of the characters talking to the camera throughout the movie, like those shows or like a Christopher guest movie. And, um, and again, it's about the sixth or seventh best superhero team in the world, but there's no superheroing in the movie. It's all of them bitching to each other about how much they hate each other at the moment. Um, and I felt like I, I picked it. I didn't know who it was going to go to, but I'm glad it went to Preston because it has like a coming of age feel, even though everybody's an adult, but they're kind of like they have to get over their egos and kind of work together again. Um, for superheroes basically um but i i do think uh so so like um the movie step brothers to me i there's a couple funny parts but over time every time i watched it it got funnier and funnier and funnier and better and better and the specials is that movie press and i do believe if you watch it here and there you are gonna love it so much because there's so much genius lines and narrative in that movie that's so true to you know marketing like business and marketing and how would somebody would go marketing about a superhero team that's not the greatest i think is amazing um and like the like the lines that Preston says like you know the 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 demons eat the soft um parts of your face at night like it's just it's great or when Melissa Joan Hart shows up um, and they're trying to pick each other's names and Judy Greer says, well, Captain Cuntface is not a great name either. So there's just great lines or like there's a, a superhero on the specials that uh, is named Mr. Smart. He's billed as the world's smartest man. And he has this smelling device that he can smell from far away. And he comes in and he's like, the world is covered in urine. He's like, I smell everything. <laughs> and it's so good. And the world's strongest man is on the specials and he's the dumbest man alive. Like he is so dumb and so great. There's like, like the amount of character building that went into this show is so James Gunn. Uh, that it's great and there's like a little dance and song sequence to an amazing song that you could see like James Gunn's soundtrack that would go on to Guardians of the Galaxy uh, in this film uh, Jenna Fisher makes a little cameo appearance and then James Gunn's uh, superhero is that he's minute man so he just goes small <laughs> and it's so great and everybody calls him minute man and gets yeah minute man he has to constantly correct them 
<laughs> it's just it's such a funny movie and i think over time like if you watch it again in like a couple months you will really appreciate it more and i hope you do because it's one of my favorite movies and it's such like a a diamond in the rough for me uh and watching it back after all these years is just it's so it's so good and at the end like the final like 60 seconds of the movie is everybody like the the best superhero team in the world is away doing something and so the specials are are called and they all have to like perform their superpower so you get to kind of see like if the movie cost five million dollars 4.5 million dollars went to this cgi sequence of them just like hulking up um and i like that there's a conduit in this movie where there's a new member being added to the specials team and she's called nightbird and her her superpower is that birds prefer her she lays eggs and she has like bird <laughs> type of vision it's so great um and she actually has like the line like birds prefer me it's such a great line when you think about it uh when she's trying to describe her superpowers and that's played by jordan ladd um but uh i love this movie so preston after saying this what what do you think are you still in the same spot um no i i recognize all those things it just didn't amount enough it just wasn't enough for me i like i said i think that he's kind of done these similar type of jokes in other films of his that had better narratives attached to them i just think that on paper a lot of those things that you're saying are interesting and and and, and could be fun it just it didn't it wasn't quite there for me like uh i did because my right away i thought oh this is brian so i try to watch it with you there next to me laughing your ass off. So I, there's one joke that James Gunn delivers where he's doing the, the office style thing where he's talking to the camera. And he says, um, I didn't get with that girl. So I went home and masturbated. And um, that's like the same thing, right? Like I got her. And <laughs> so, th so there, there were moments where like, I, I don't know if I was just laughing thinking more about you laughing at them or if I was really enjoying it. So, but I, I just, I don't know why, but I just really struggled to get through, through it. And I don't really have much of a desire to go through it. I just would revisit other James Gunn films that feel more accomplished to me. Right. Would you watch it again with Brian? Uh, I probably, I probably would. If we all watched it together and then had a discussion about it, maybe that's something that we can do down the line. Um, then maybe I, I might feel differently and, and see some of the things, but, uh, yeah, I just, just kind of struggled with it. A yeah. Bit. All right. I, I, so there, there was one movie I wanted to do a white elephant gift, but it was so like, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I went with specials. Uh, hopefully, next one we do the next white elephant we do or at some point down the line i can do this movie i really wanted to do uh so i'll save that for a thing so i guess it's my turn i'm gonna guess that dan gifted me no escape explain yourself sir this movie's fucking rocks like i don't it know does! how it does <laughs> it does like i don't think anyone really expected a movie with owen wilson to be this good but it's it's just a simple story of him like there's some 
third world Asian country that gets a contract with a water company, but all of the like the rebels and all the people in there don't want Americans like overseeing their infrastructure. So that there's a he literally lands and gets to the hotel the night that there's a coup. Yeah. And Pierce Brosnan kind of like pretends to be a drunk guy, just an expat who goes there for the whores and whatnot, is in their taxi cab with them. And you kind of know something's up with him because it's Pierce Brosnan. It's like not that hard, but he's also playing like a completely drunk person. And he's like, gets them to their hotel all safe and explains, well, you know, they don't really enjoy Americans here and got to keep an eye on what's going on. So make sure you stay safe in your hotel, blah, blah, blah. And then just chaos happens. Like, it's terrifying. He's there with his family and he sees something in the street, has to run up to the room to save them, go up fire escapes. I know Brian was very excited for the young children to die, but when he has to throw his daughter to his wife on the adjacent roof, like a 15 foot drop, it is terrifying and suspenseful. It's just, it's, it's a very, very fun movie. It's super violent. It's super scary. And it's one of those movies where I see, and I put myself in the position of, cause Owen Wilson's not a superhero. Like any of the kills he gets in this are like, they're like earned. Like he really yeah. struggles to as kill believable him, as you can be. Like he's getting his ass kicked or just gets lucky. So I like that. And when Pierce Brosnan, the reveal that he's like a secret agent sent over there to kind of destabilize, destabilize um, Asian countries so that these companies can move in. So he's kind of, I caused this is essentially like when he meets up with him, he's like, my job is to come over here, destabilize these <laughs> the country. He's crazy so people. Yeah, yeah, so they have to rely on yeah, foreign the, countries. The movie, there's not a lot of dialogue. There probably was 15 pages of dialogue yeah. in this 100-minute movie. Um, and it's kind of just basically like all action, like almost like the yeah. raid. Um, but like the final like 10 minutes when you kind of feel, when you realize who Pierce Brosnan is, he's talking to uh, Owen Wilson and he gives him like the speech of why what's happening is happening. Yeah. And you're like, man, fuck, America's just fucking things up for everybody. Yeah. But it's just like it's so blatant and on the nose. Uh oh, it's, yeah. it makes it makes you laugh. But man, the, the violence and the action really amp up. Yeah. And, and and it and it kind of works like what Brian said. It's kind of his sacrifice, Pierce Brosnan's sacrifice is awesome when he's like yeah, I kind of caused this, buddy. Didn't know you and your family were going to fly in. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get you going. And the final, the final like suspense scene is an all timer. Yeah. It's all timer for me. It's like they're float. I, I don't know if any of you are ever going to see this, but they're floating towards a border. Yeah. So they're, they're, well, they're, they're, yeah, they're on a kayak. Yeah. I'm realizing that I've actually seen this. Yeah. And they're floating and they're all pointing their guns at Owen Wilson's family and they're just terrified and all the rebels are pointing their guns at and right as they cross the border, all the guns go right at the rebels and they're like, they are now in Vietnamese land. Viet Vietnam. Oh, it's it's crazy. Any, any firing at them will be considered an act of war and all these military guards are like aimed at the rebels and they like get out safe. It's yeah, it's an intense movie. I think that it's um, I know it really happened in Mumbai. Like hotel, uh, I know they made a movie about it. It wasn't very good, but it real in real life this happened in Mumbai, which you know, no jokes, tragic and just a horrible situation. But just reading the accounts of those sorts of things just terrify me to no end. So to watch a dad movie version of this um, is a little more palpable for me. Was and I right in my uh, assessment of the children? I mean, 
they went there and were promised a vacation in a five-star hotel and all of a sudden they're getting thrown off roofs by their family they're cold they're hungry they're tired they're being disguised like yeah there were a couple points where they probably should have shut up but i mean kids are kids dude (laughs) kids are kids i mean they're going through a really traumatic situation yeah like they're literally brian's like you little bitch asking for food We've been on the run. For, we've been on the run for eleven hours from rebels with axes. Like it's. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be a little, yeah. be a little bitch too. So whatever. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad Brian got. I'm Brian, glad Brian got this one. I didn't know if it was going to be Preston, and when I when the I didn't know what it was going to be, and I was like, oh man, I hope you didn't watch this with this wife. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of children in peril in this one. Yeah. I, I would have done a little bit of my homework and, and I had seen pieces of no escape cause it was on TV one day. So I remember some of those scenes that you're describing uh, here. Here's a question. Whose movie that you didn't get, would you be most curious to check out? The one from 1948. Letter from an unknown. Letters one. from Iwo Jima or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my, my wife made that joke too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going to be replaced. <laughs> i mean i guess it would have to i mean i've seen babylon um i've seen the specials now i've seen this one i get i mean the letters thing doesn't appeal to me but i'd watch it yeah i've never i've never seen it i never even heard of it until today and since i've seen all three other movies that's definitely the one that i want to watch and will watch you should also watch the specials i've seen it you've seen the specials yeah oh all right well awesome chelsea have you seen the specials I have not. That's amazing. Uh, they all go to special school. <laughs> yeah, has anyone seen any of these other ones? I know Preston said he saw bits and pieces. Everyone here has seen Babylon. I've, I've seen, seen Babylon. I had not seen No Escape. I was real excited to see that. And I haven't seen this letters one, so I will probably check that out. With you describing No Escape, I'm actually it gave me flashbacks. I have seen it. Um, it is really fucking violent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. How did I miss this? I mean, Preston and I were film critics. How did we? You're, miss watch, this? you're watching too much straight out of Compton. I guess so. And that I, was the thing. They left out everything bad that NWA ever did. Well, I'm trying to think of like <laughs> what was still what was there, and it looked like um, Diary of a Teenage Girl, Mistress America um sean the sheep movie turbo kid all of these movies were in august i watched all those except sean the sheep so that that would have been my reason so yeah miss i I would have loved this this was crazy but uh yeah white elephant exchange for christmas uh on fear and loathing and cinema this was fun we got to do this this has to be a tradition we can't fuck with tradition we got to do this again um yeah, Preston, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Blu-ray Dad, and you can find my writing under DittonRC.com, Ditton Record Chronicle, and FreshFiction.tv. Hell yeah. Uh, Chelsea, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as Miss, Miss underscore Tenenbaum and everywhere else as Chelsea Nico. Hell Yeah. Uh, Find me on Instagram, Fear and Loathing in Cinema, or email me. And uh, I just updated our story to let everyone know the four movies that we are reviewing. Hell yes. So they can watch them. 
Awesome. 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 Um, I'm Brian Kluger. Type Brian Kluger in and you'll find me on all the social media. Find me at highdefdigest.com, boomstickcomics.com, or on Wednesdays, noon till 2, em-radio.com, playing soundtracks. We'll see you. Well, we'll see you next week. We're going to do one next week. We'll do one more before uh, the new year in 20. We got to talk about everything we liked this year. Yeah, we're gonna have the yeah, we're gonna have our our show where we talk about the best and worst of 2023. So I'm very excited. It's gonna be a show, people. Tune into that one. That might we might need to set aside two hours because there's probably gonna be some arguments. I yes. feel like there's gonna be some slapping. So <laughs> I have a feeling oh. some people who put best of the year, it's gonna be their worst of the year, and it's gonna be a whole shebang. Yeah. Tune in. I agree. <laughs> All right. Fear and loving in cinema. Thank you so much. Bye.